and welcome back to the Go For Two podcast. I'm Liam, your host, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host. It is a man who's been very busy this week, looking forward to a weekend. It's Patrick. Patrick, mate, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I missed my first Chiefs preseason game watching live in three seasons, so I'm a bit emotional about that, but um, I'm sure we can live without watching preseason at 1am on a Thursday. Why are we playing Thursday preseason games when people have got work? I don't understand, but... Hey ho, such is life. Only one weekend of uh, preseason to get through, and then the real stuff's pretty close. Then. Real stuff. I saw the Texans went undefeated and shut out the 49ers last night. They're ready to go, mate. <laughs> Led by the neck. They'll be ready. <laughs> they will be ready. Uh, I haven't actually checked to see if the Ravens have kept that crazy streak going. Um, but yeah, and we're going to see Tom Brady as well, uh, who obviously missed the last few weeks. Because of unknown reasons, uh, he's actually going to start in a preseason game r- randomly two weeks before the season starts. I think uh, I'm not sure if it's Saturday night or Sunday night, but he's going to play in preseason. So if anyone wants to actually watch a couple of drives of real football, they'll be able to watch the Bucks and, and Tom Brady. Um, do you make much of that situation with him being off? I know there's been some weird rumours and stuff, but do you think it's just everything will be fine and he'll start rolling now? Or could yeah, I think it? so. Yeah, they could have a you know a slow first couple of weeks. I mean, we spoke about it a while back, didn't we? The the NAC South preview. They got a pretty tough first four games. So, yeah, slow start maybe for the Bucks, but I'd expect them to get rolling. Yeah, I think so. So on that experience, I don't think doesn't need as much time as uh, as everyone else. <laughs> um, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, we're not on the South today. We are going to talk about the West, and we're going to flip it, and we're going to leave the AFC West to last. So today will be NFC West. Um, before then, two bits of news. Um, two really disappointing bits of news for. Very, very different reasons. Uh, we'll start with Tyron Smith, the uh, tackle for the Dallas Cowboys. Looks like he's torn his hamstring. Um, apparently off the bone as well. I don't know if you saw that, but there was a, re- there was a report going around that was like completely off the bone. So th- normally that is a long time. <laughs> uh, statements come out today, kind of leaked through Joseon Anderson, that they're going to look at in-house options to start with, whether that's going to be the other Smith. Uh, who they drafted this year, play him potentially at tackle or they'll move someone else to tackle, bring someone else in guard. Um, we're not sure, but yeah, a big loss for them on the offensive line and there's not really uh, any signs that they're going to do anything drastic to fix that yet, but we'll see what your thoughts on uh, how big of a loss that is for the Cowboys. Yeah, it's a real shame for them, to be honest with you. It's, you don't really kind of look at it as an Eagles fan when you kind of take injuries into consideration. I said before, you want the best player, the best, don't you? But it's a massive blow for him. I mean, he's been like a cornerstone for them. But yeah, it's a shame. I, I, I presume they would go in-house, to be honest with you, because they've got, obviously, the draft picks, haven't they? So, yeah, it's a shame for them. Shame for the guy as well. Seems like a real good guy. Yeah, there are talks that they'll see who gets released, but that could be a guard that they that they wait and see who gets released and then move a guard to tackle, etc. So we'll see how that kind of pans out. Because um, I know Tyler Smith, who's a draft pick, um, apparently has played better at guard this year uh, in, in camp. So we'll see see how that works out. But yeah, not good for that offense. We've already lost loads of pieces this year, including the right tackle. So not not good. Uh, the other bit of news, um, something we're not really going to touch much on, but didn't want to not mention, is uh, Matt Ariser, who is the punter for the Bills. Um very bad timing for the Bills as well, because they literally cut their other punter, who's a very experienced, good punter, the day before this story. So I do think that was a bit of weird timing for them, uh, seeing apparently they've known about this issue for a few weeks. But um, he's been indicted with two other people from his college football team um, for alleged rape of a girl. Um, and it looks like uh, his obviously party is saying that it's not true. Um, there is... Uh, going to be a court case most likely or they're going to have to obviously have to settle um, police are looking into it now we don't really have much to add you can go read the story I know um, there's a lot of people on Twitter that have spoken about it but also I think the Wall Street Journal have mentioned it as well now um, so they know all the details and something we don't really want to read out on here but um, guys can go read it yourself and make your own judgments but if he is guilty let's just hope the league and, and, and Buffalo kind of do the right thing because it's a very uh, very sad situation for that girl and her family and uh, the league as well after everything's happened in the last few weeks just to be dragged into more stories like this is uh, it's not nice but let's hope they uh, deal with it well if, if if it's true um cool let's move off the news then and then move into nfc west mate um last year obviously we had the super bowl champion coming from this division uh 12 and 5 i kind of 
we say this every week that when we look at last year's records, there's some that surprised me. And 12 or 5, I thought was about right. But then I kind of forgot the Cardinals finished 11 and 6. <laughs> um, but I think they had an incredible start, didn't they, last season, as always. Yeah, you remember, uh, they were undefeated through nine nine weeks, maybe? Something like that. They, was, yeah. they got deep. Yeah, I think it was 8-0, wasn't it? And then they had the bye week and then lost coming out of the bye. Um, so, incredible start for them. But so, yeah, they only won three of the next nine games then after that. Um, 49ers finished 10-7. and Very typical Niners sort of record there in third place. And, obviously, they did very well in the playoffs as well. Um, to be honest, quite surprising when you saw them at the start of the regular season, how well that they did throughout to the to the playoffs and the end of the year under Jimmy, who was, who was very injured last season. Um, fourth, obviously, the Seahawks are 7-10. and they had Russell Wilson injuries to deal with all last year, and I am actually slightly surprised they won seven games, but the offense did look quite good down the stretch before, uh, before obviously, the season ended. So um, some good teams here, obviously three playoff teams. Um, Cardinals kind of faded out in that last playoff game against the Rams, ironically. They were terrible. Kyler was terrible. Um, and I think that kind of started off the issues that we've seen this offseason that we'll talk about. Uh, 49ers had a great playoff run, had that incredible win in Dallas, which was a bit strange, but they did very well after that. And, and they'll probably feel kind of aggrieved they didn't get further with how well they played in the first half of that, the game that sort of knocked out the playoffs. And then the Rams obviously won the Super Bowl uh, and then decided randomly to have a joint practice with the Bengals this week after beating them in the Super Bowl and all hell broke loose. But we'll talk about the Rams in a minute. What was your thoughts kind of looking back at last year from this division? Which team sort of jumps out to you as uh, maybe a bit surprising compared to what you thought going into it? Yeah, well, I don't remember the Seahawks winning seven games for a start. <laughs> I, uh, I looked at that. I don't think they're going to get up to seven this year. But yeah, such a strong division last year. Not, I'm, I'm not fully convinced that they're going to hit the heights again this year as a division. Yeah, I think I'm with you on there, especially with that team, the Cardinals team that we'll, we will go on and uh, talk about in a minute. Um, cool, let's start with the Rams then, Super Bowl winners. Um, uh, interesting off-season for them. In terms of uh, major coaching changes, they've got uh, a new OC. Uh, they all seem to have a new OC, because everyone seems to pick off McVeigh's OC. Um, I can't remember his name now, but he's from college, isn't he? His name's Liam as well, I think, uh, ironically. Uh, so, yeah, they've got a new pass kind of coordinator as well. Um, defense is very much the same. Uh, and in terms of the summer, they lost Von Miller, which is a big loss, very good for them last season. Robert Woods in a trade to the Titans that we spoke about in the South preview. Uh, lost Austin Corbett, who started for them last year. Johnny Hecker, who was the best passing punter I think we've seen in a while. Lost Darius Williams. Uh, didn't play very well down in the playoffs, but um, yeah, he was good for them in the regular season. And then obviously Odell Beckham Jr. They haven't lost him for the whole season yet because he hasn't actually re-signed anywhere but at the moment he's not on their roster so we class that as a loss uh, biggest free agent additions were Bobby Wagner Seahawks and then Alan Robinson as well coming over from Chicago uh, and then draft picks uh, someone I don't even know that Patrick wrote down on our list which is Logan Bruss of Garden third round so um, not many draft picks for this team as we know with less need uh, in terms of strength of schedule they've got a 31st schedule in the league so second hardest only uh, harder team is the Chiefs um, so very, very difficult schedule. What jumps out to you just initially from the, the off-season, which sort of additions or losses do you think are going to mean most to this team for the season? I just feel like the loss of depth, do you know what I mean? When you when you read those names out like that, they're all starters and, you know, pretty good level starters. I know Von Miller wasn't there long, but he kind of produced later on in the season. And, yeah, just for me, the the depth that they've lost is... Sometimes it's uh, understandable, yet this happens, doesn't it, with um, Super Bowl winning teams. It's not like they've been kind of picked off or anything, but they were kind of at the limits, I guess, of the cap. So, yeah, they, they kind of tooled up to uh, have another go, but they just don't feel as strong overall with those losses. Do love Alan Robinson, though, as signed. I think he's going to have a real bounce back season, do you not think, with uh, Stafford and obviously Cooper Cup roaming around. Yeah, I, I do like that one, especially when you look at the wide receivers from last year, because they did obviously have Robert Woods for a period of time, but then they lost him and then they had Odell Beckham. So they, so I know a lot of people said, oh, they've lost Woods and Beckham, but they never really had Woods and Beckham actually together. So I think Alan Robinson is a pretty good replacement for Woods. He doesn't really play in a similar way to Odell. and I personally think they probably still will sign Odell for the stretch run. Um, but I think in terms of replacing Robert Woods in this stage of his career, I think it's probably an upgrade, especially looking at obviously the injury that Robert Woods is going to have to come back from this season. I think this season's Robert Woods won't be uh, as good as this season's Alan Robinson. I just like the way he fits 
fits in with Stafford. And obviously Cooper Cup can run all sorts of routes from all sorts of places. So um, I think Alan Robinson can just fit nicely next to him because you know you can just move Cup wherever you want. Uh, and I also do think maybe in the red zone we could see them because they haven't got that elite, elite tight end that some teams have got. But I think Alan Robinson could be a very, very strong weapon in the red zone like he was when he was back in Jacksonville back in the day. Yeah, for sure. And uh, also maybe... Obviously, he played in the playoffs, but Cam Akers coming back for hopefully a healthy full season will feel like a good addition as well to the backfield. They lost Sony Michelle as well, didn't they? So it's yeah, the Cam Akers one is interesting because uh, someone I like fantasy football, and I know you do as well. And I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I was listening to a fun one this week saying about uh, they comparing players to movie quotes, and they were talking about. Uh, a movie quote about where basically saying that someone's never achieved anything and it was making me laugh because we do always put acres up there including myself especially last year as like a really good running back but i think he's only had like five or six good games ever <laughs> uh, and then he had that terrible injury came back too soon looked worse which probably makes people think worse of him and now he's back and i just don't think people know kind of how to sit with him they did add um Kyron williams as well didn't they from notre dame as well yeah, in the draft who's a running back so they got him uh obviously cam and then uh, Daryl Henderson, who I actually thinks pretty good running back for me, better than Sony Michelle last year, um, but also was getting injuries towards the end of the season. So I think the running back room is pretty good. Sean McVay uh, usually likes to go with a workhorse, so we'll see if it is Cammy because after that injury, or if, we, if he decides to rotate a little bit. Um, if we stick with the offense, we've spoken about Adam Robinson. Expect a good season from him. Cooper Cup, uh, I think he's second favorite or maybe joint favorite with um, Justin Jefferson to lead the, the league in wide receiver yards. Uh, in receiving yards. Uh, Van Jefferson's the other receiver, played okay last year. Um, I think he could get more involved this year. And then uh, we'll see if Tutu Atwell can ever actually become a, an NFL player with his, like, I don't know what it is, five foot three height and like 100 pounds weight or whatever crazy uh, measurables he's got. But um, I, I want to talk about. Second, he was a second round pick. Yeah, I know. And they only had, they didn't have a first, obviously, for three years. Uh, didn't have a second, I think, for two of the three, and then didn't have a third that year either. So he was like their main pick to make an impact, and they picked Tutu Atwell, who never plays. So, um, yeah, that is a crazy one. Uh, I know he's did a bit more in the return game this in this preseason, but the Rams never play anybody in preseason, so you have no idea if he's actually going to be involved or not. Um, so we'll see. What are your thoughts on the offensive line? Obviously, Andrew Whitworth has retired. Uh, Joe Noteboom is going to play left tackle, played there on the offensive line last year for them. Uh, they've lost three of their guards in the last two seasons and they've kind of replaced them with in-house options. Uh, and then they've got Heavenstein, sorry, right tackle who played really well last year. So for me, I think the, the tackles are okay-ish in a hard division, but I do worry about the interior offensive line. Yeah, for sure. I think Noteboom, uh, he played well when he came in, didn't he, when um, Whitworth got injured. He played especially well in the, in the playoffs when he played. But yeah, like you said, the interior, it's not great, is it? But... You'd expect the Rams, the way they are, to kind of get the ball out early as well with the schemes. And Yeah, I wouldn't expect it to be the, the biggest problem in the world in the regular season. But, you know, when you get deeper into the playoffs, that's when it could become a problem. Especially if you get any injuries along that line. The depth behind it is is not great at all, is it? No, it's not, especially at tackle. Um, I think if no boom goes down, they could be in a pinch. But a lot of people, if their tackles go down, they're going to be in trouble, I guess. But uh, it just feels like with the interior being this week, the tackles are, are probably even more important. Um, last thing on the offense is this weird off-season then that Matt Stafford's had. Uh, he basically has tendonitis in his elbow, um, quite severe. Um, and I don't want to compare myself to a quarter bowl, a quarter, sorry, a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, but... Uh, I've got tendonitis in my knee. It's very severe. It's the same grade as him, and it is horrendous. And he's got it in his elbow, and he has to throw every day for a living. Uh, and I know they said initially there was no worries about it was going to cause anything. He'll be back to practice next week. He only practiced one day the week after, which was last week. And then other than that, he was back on rest protocol. So are we worried about this at all? Because he's a QB that picks up injuries all the time. And this is an injury that just won't get better unless you rest. But he can't rest because the regular season's two weeks away. So what do we think this means for him? Does it mean anything? Um, you probably would presume it would mean something because he does throw the ball an awful lot as well. And obviously we've just spoken about the line as well. That's going to kind of need to protect him in that respect also. I, I would presume it is something. Yeah, then... It's kind of a wait-and-see situation, isn't it? But there's absolutely nothing behind him to stay. I mean, John Wolford, if you had him in for a few games, you'd be you'd be doing well to win that game. 
wouldn't you? You'd have to really simplify the kind of little playbook because you can't do the things that Mazda can do, obviously. But yeah, it's certainly one to monitor, isn't it? And could kind of hamper going back to back for the Rams. Yeah, it is one to monitor. They, they do rest people and they're quite cautious on that. So it could be them being a bit, bit kind of secretive about it all, making it seem a little bit worse than it is. But I'm sure we'll know by week two, three or four if, uh, if, there, is a, if there is a problem and if he needs to rest or have a, a little procedure to try and help things out. We'll see. Um, going over to the defence then, they've probably got the two most recognisable players in their position in the NFL and Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. Um but what are your thoughts on the rest of the defense? Is there enough? I know it's very stars and scrubs, but is there enough depth in general? Or is it kind of right? The starters are really, really good. But after that, we're going to struggle. What do you think? Well, the depth, it's not incredible, is it? You know, behind kind of the, the defensive line. I, I like the linebackers core, but even behind that, there's not a lot there. You're looking at keeping your stars healthy, aren't you? And, and if they do stay healthy, then there's enough there to take you into the playoffs. So it's interesting. They got, without kind of um, Von Miller, it, it did free up Donald a little bit more kind of later on in the season and in the playoffs. But yeah, Bobby Wagner and Leonard Floyd is a kind of interesting mix now, kind of a linebacker. And Justin Hollins as well, outside linebacker. Uh, yeah, I'm not, it, it's kind of, <laughs> the depth's not crazy, but when you've got Aaron Donald up front and Jalen Ramsey at the back, <laughs> you're kind of filling in the rest, aren't you? Especially with Wagner, obviously a tackling machine, isn't he, coming across from the Seahawks. So I think they're going to be okay. Uh, an injury to one of your superstars would kind of be a calamity, though, because I'm not not sure on the um, on the secondary aside from Ramsey. But Troy yeah. Hill from the Browns, didn't they? In the, free agency so that's that's quite a decent pickup yeah and he used to be obviously with them the year before so he knows the scheme pretty well so i like that and darian kendrick's well as another draft pick that i, that I thought was probably taken around later than he should have been so i think that's a not terrible depth but yeah i'm with you um i do think ernest jones another linebacker who's i think maybe i don't think he's late pick or undrafted but he seems to be a revelation for them so i do really love that linebacker core uh, but I think for me, it's bet- Greg Jane, uh, Gaines, another player that I love, nose tackle. There's no depth really behind those big men up front. Uh, and I do like Gaines, especially stopping the run. So he lets Aaron Donald go and rush the passer. Um, so I think for me, if Gaines, Donald and Ramsey stay fit, then the defence is going to be a top, top unit regardless. But I think any injuries at all, uh, and maybe even in general, if you do the depth, they're probably not a, a top two defence in, in the NFC with how good the Packers and Bucks look on D. But um, when you get superstar games from Ramsey and, and Donald, their numbers are probably going to be the best in the league. So uh, we're going to have to see how, how well they play. I'd be interested to see if Ramsey actually guards more players one-on-one because they played him in a slot, didn't they, last year? Yeah, they did. They tried to use his huge size in the run game and uh, playing his own defence a little bit more. So we'll see if they do that this year. They might have to with how bad the, the backup corners are. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, very top-heavy roster. Um, so much so, they seem like they do lose like maybe three players a year and they seem to replace them with uh, one or two and that, that may be slightly worse than, than what was here and just keep churning it over. But um, yeah, still a very good roster. And it wouldn't surprise me if they ended up draw, uh, trading for someone or picking up some released player uh, in November, some superstar like Odell Beckham again, who's not got a team at the moment or who gets cut or wants to be traded from a bad team. It wouldn't surprise me if the Rams ended up being the team that gets those players because it seems to be their uh, MO, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if the the season is going the, the way they want and they've kind of got a, a winning record. But when you look through that schedule, I, I know you said the 31st, so you'd all automatically presume it's going to be very hard, but you run down it and you're like, my God, this is a, this is a hefty schedule. Yeah, they play the AFC West, don't they? So uh, that's why the Chiefs and Rams schedules are so hard because um, they've obviously got first place schedules in both those divisions. But yeah, when you look at some of the names, there's not really a two. Every team, I think even when we go to the Chiefs next week, even though every schedule has got at least two weeks in a row, we're like, okay, right, there are two games in a row where like they'll be clear favourites. They should definitely win. No dramas, I think. Even unless you think the Raiders are going to be terrible, there's really only Seahawks in December, followed by the Raiders. You could say that. I think aside from that, it's a pretty, pretty hefty schedule. And I'm quite looking forward to the Battle of LA in January as well, when we've got uh, New Year's Day, we've got Chargers and Rams, haven't we? I think that would be quite a tasty game to uh, finish the season on. 
Yeah, for sure. They also go to Tampa Bay and New Orleans as well. So that is a yeah, it's a real tough schedule. Yeah, and they're uh, they've got that prized first game, haven't they, on the Thursday for winning the Super Bowl, which is the Bills, and we know that Buffalo are going to want to come in and uh, make an impact. Uh, I actually think that's probably the, definitely in the last seven or eight years, that's the best Thursday night season opener I think I've seen in terms of... Yeah, I, I would agree in terms of, I think, the quality of the kind of the offence that we're going to see. There's kind of no rivalry there at all, is there? Yeah. But I think it could be a very high-scoring game. The rivalry is just Buffalo having to keep watching people, other people get rings and Josh Allen not, <laughs> not have one, but we'll see. Um, cool, let's move to the next team then. Ironically, I thought we were going to be talking about the 49ers here, but um, it is the Cardinals who finished second in the division. Uh, no major coaching changes for them again. There's obviously head coach, offensive play call, etc. But um, a very, very strange offseason. We'll talk about Kyler when we get to the offense. But uh, in terms of players they've lost this season, they lost Chandler Jones, um, who's gone to the Raiders, Christian Kirk in the most weird contract we've seen for wide receiver going to the Jags. Uh, Jordan Hicks actually played pretty well for them last season. Uh, Max Garcia and then Chase Edmonds as well, who uh, I actually did think they were going to re-sign, um, but they let him go and he's obviously now in Miami. Uh, in terms of additions, well, and re-signings as well, they re-signed James Connor, which was a pretty big one. Um, they re-signed Justin Pugh as well, and then they traded for Hollywood Brown uh, on the draft. They added Daryl Williams from the Chiefs as their backup running back. And then Cody Ford, a guard from the Bills, uh, they've recently acquired as well. And he'll probably be someone who, who could play some snaps for them. Uh, in the draft, they added Trey McBride in the second round. And then Cameron Thomas, who's a good defensive end in the third round. Um, Trevor schedule-wise, 24th. But again, most of these teams aren't going to have a good schedule these next two episodes because they play each other. So AFC and uh, NFC and AFC West uh, all have pretty pretty poor schedules. Um yeah, a bit of a weird one in terms of the summer for them. Um, I guess we should probably talk about Kyler Murray now, but even in terms of the players they've bought and let go, they added a tight end, even though they've added uh, or kept two in Max Williams and uh, Zach Ertz of they, they Then they drafted one in the second round. Uh, they traded for a wide receiver who kind of only does one thing, which is what their other wide receivers do. Uh, very small wide receiver set as well. Um, so I'm not quite sure on the acquisitions and uh, how they've gone about it, but I guess the main thing is Kyler Murray's re-signed a deal, had a weird off-season, and then uh, DeAndre Hopkins is also banned for the start of the season for PEDs. So between those two reasons, are we going to see a different start to the season for the Cardinals? Because they all seem to start really well and then fade off. Uh, could this be a bit different for them this year? Yes, I think so, yeah. It's definitely... As we go through, I mean, we've nearly done every team now, haven't we, apart from the AFC West? And you've got to say that this is one of the weirdest off-seasons. Like, obviously, the goal as a good, you know, good record last year, won 11 games, got to the playoffs. No, they kind of tailed off towards the end of the season. I mean, that's a bit of an understatement. But, <laughs> you know, your goal is to get better, isn't it, every off-season? And I just don't see how that has happened at all. I do like Hollywood Brown, but like we said at the time, that was a really strange trade from the Cardinals. Amazing from the Ravens to get him on a cheap deal, his rookie deal, and then trade him at the end of it. And yeah, Rondell Moore, a second round pick last year, he's not quite lived up to his billing, has he, coming out of college yet? Yeah. They're going to need Hopkins. How long is Hopkins banned for? Is it six games? No, it's eight games. <laughs> eight games. I mean, that, yeah, it's. I think it's eight games. I'll Google it, but yeah, I think it's eight games. If you, I, th to be fair, there is a nice little stretch after the first three games where, um, you think maybe they'll get some wins, but still, I know Hollywood Brown is good. I, I, I basically, I think Hollywood Brown trade is good because he likes Kyler Murray, in terms of it's good in terms of he likes Kyler Murray and he's good player, which I think he is a good player. But they paid so much for him, and we praised it, didn't we, when we did the Ravens chat the other the other week. We praised how good the trade is for the Ravens. So automatically, that's just a terrible, uh, terrible trade. Um, but I just think losing Hopkins on the other side when every other receiver is so small, it's a bit of an issue. Yeah, you're right. It was uh, six games. So he's going to miss Chiefs, Raiders, Rams, Panthers, Eagles, and Seahawks. So yeah, there's probably... You look at that... It's not the worst game to miss, is it? Especially Panthers, Seahawks. You maybe you'd add the Eagles in there as well, but the Raiders. But they kind you of could be zero and three, though, couldn't you? Yeah, I, well, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It could be one and four after the the first five games. It's 
D-Hop coming back is going to be absolutely huge for them, but they kind of need to be in the race still, don't they, in a really tough division. Yeah, and like I said, it's a massive overpay, but when he's back, I think you've got Hopkins on one side and Brown on the other. Uh, and I actually say on that side as well, because the funny thing about Cliff Kingsbury is he only <laughs> plays DeAndre Hopkins as left wide receiver. I think it's something like 88% of his snaps have been on the left side of the field. It doesn't even move him to the right side of the field. That's how weird this offense is. But I think those two lined up on either side. And then obviously you're probably going to have Rondell Moore um, and then Andy Isabella every now and then taking some snaps in the slot. I think that is a good three. Obviously, AJ Green is still there as your third slash fourth receiver. I think you're probably going to struggle to play him and Hopkins together uh, all the time just because you're not going to be able to have a varied offense. But um, yeah, I think it's good weapons. Kyler Murray is a good quarterback. I'm still not sure if he's an elite of an elite. His numbers are really good, but then they all seem to fade off and he's got that, that bad injury history. But uh, for me, I just look at the offensive line with a quarterback like him who does get injuries, does scramble. And it's great when he scrambles, but he also throws a lot of interceptions when he scrambles. He's very good when he scrambles and runs forward. But when he scrambles and runs side to side, uh, we see those interceptions. Uh, what are your thoughts on the offensive line? Obviously, I love Rodney Hudson, ex-chief, but he played terrible last year. He's back this year. Hopefully he can play better. But the rest of the line for me is pretty poor. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I also like uh, Hudson, but if you actually look along the line, it's not there's not many NFL teams that only have one starter on the offensive line that they've actually drafted. DJ Humphrey is at left tackle. The rest are just free agents like Pugh and Hernandez going over for the Giants and Beeching from the Jets. It's not often that you see that at all, is it? In fact, you no. go through the whole offense and there's only a few couple of starters that's actually been drafted by Cardinals. It's a very, it's like a mishmash, isn't it? Kind of, of see what you can get. Obviously, you can't strategize to just have your offensive line made up of all free agents. That's not a strategy, <laughs> is it, for long-term success? No, it's not. It's not very really not, especially when the free agents aren't great either. Sometimes teams get into a bit of a, a poor time drafting and then what they do is they spend loads of money on free agents and it kind of can cripple them obviously they haven't spent loads of money on free agent offensive linemen but they've spent relatively well on on a couple of the guards and they've got i don't know would you say any of those offensive linemen apart from humphreys are above average between pew hernandez and beecham because i don't think i probably would say any of them yeah above I, average. Would, I wouldn't go above average you just kind of feel like an average nfl offensive line doesn't it yeah, and I just worry about that with with that offense. Uh, how Cliff calls it, very similar. Obviously, defenses can kind of key in on certain things, and then Kyler Murray, who who does get injured a little bit, but he'll be able to scramble around as well sometimes and uh, and make plays out of that. But I just worry, are we going to see a lot of turnovers? Uh, the tight end room is randomly just very very good. Like I said, you've got Zach Ertz there, who played well when he came in into them from a trade last year. Um, I don't know if it's a trade actually, or did you just release him? I can't remember, but. Um, yeah, Zach Ertz played well. Max Williams is someone I really like. He got injured last year. That's why they did the, did the trade originally. Uh, and then Trey McBride, who was uh, first tight end taken in the draft. He um, he is a good player, and he can kind of play H-back as well, so he can kind of move things around a little bit. I think that's that's fine. Uh, James Conner is probably a good pick for fantasy football, but we'll see if he can keep up that crazy touchdown rate that he, that he had last year. Um, but moving over to the defense, I kind of think this is my issue with the team. What are your general thoughts on... Not even the depth of the defense, just who's actually going to start on this team. Yeah, so uh, certainly the line is not great, is it? The defensive line. <laughs> JJ Watt was good at times last year, but you can't rely upon him anymore to not get kind of a 10-week injury or season-ending injury. But the rest of the defensive line is not great. Not a lot of kind of high draft picks have been spent there. Where they have spent it is kind of at linebacker. We've got, two, we've got Isaiah Simmons and Zayden Collins, both first-round picks. And just the strategy throughout the organisation just feels kind of off to me, do you not think? Yeah, it does. It's so weird of how old some of their players are that they've brought in, but then how young some of the other ones are. And the young ones last year sometimes didn't play enough snaps because they just weren't quite good enough. Like Isaiah Simmons did not play enough snaps last year, and Zayvon Collins was uh, being taken out all the time on third down. You're just thinking, like, they are very high draft picks for you just to not really invest in. Then you've got so many other areas in the team that are struggling, and then you've got two linebackers that can hardly play a snap at times, and they're top, top picks for the position, which I just think is is a really odd one. Um, and I agree with you on JJ Watt. He actually did play really well last year, especially against the run, but 
he gets injured all the time and the people next to him are awful <laughs> i don't know it's hard to think back to every episode but it might be the worst defensive line we've looked at maybe because i think even the bears have got a couple of guys that i think are better than than these guys and obviously stay a little bit healthier maybe than, than jj um but the secondary is weird because there are one elite player for me one very good player and obviously uh Buda baker and, and byron murphy but marco wilson Jalen thompson antonio hamilton who was the Chiefs' sixth cornerback uh and then marcus golden as well um oh sorry he's a linebacker um they're gonna all struggle as starters including the linebacker position to make any impact uh, and I just think teams are going to score a lot of points against them, which is only going to put more pressure on that offense and that offensive line to try and keep up on the other end. Yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah, obviously, Buddha Baker is uh, one of kind of a top eight in his position, isn't he? Maybe even better. But yeah, overall through that, the, the, <laughs> there's not going to be enough push from the defensive line to kind of make up for the fact of the the secondary is there. So it's. Uh, Especially in this division. I mean, you've got good offences in this division. So, Well, apart from the Seahawks. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a spoiler there. We never know. We, we, <laughs> we, we might believe in uh, DK and Tyler. Um, but yeah, I'm a little bit worried about them. What, what, what's your sort of expectations for them as a team? Like I said, they're going to want to try and win things and get to the playoffs again. But Yeah, their uh, own expectations are going to be through the roof, aren't they? When you, when you lock down your quarterback and you, you know you think you're carrying out the strategy that you're making... The, Theirs is going to be they're going to want to win the division and go go deep into the playoffs. Oh, I don't see it that way at all. At this season, I don't, I don't see this team making the playoffs without miracles from Kyler Kyler Murray if he can take it up a notch. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I think even then, with I know the NFC is a bit weak, but I just can't see them winning the division. A bit of a spoiler there, but I can't see that happening. And I just think. It's going to be tough. You're going to be maybe late wild card, first round playoff loss again. Um, obviously, they extended both GM and head coach as well, which is another weird part of the offseason. Um, and I think that they could be on the hot seat, but they've also just been extended. So it's a very weird, weird vibe. Uh, last point, and then I guess we'll talk about him specifically. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Kyler Murray contract, the clause, the social media stuff, the fact that Cliff is now making him call plays in preseason to prove it's not that difficult. <laughs> there was another there was another report, wasn't there, that uh, Kyler Murray doesn't ride with his head coach that one of his friends said. And it's all very weird. So uh, I guess yeah. try and sum up he, that he relationship. It looked, looked absolutely incredible with the headset on calling plays on that drive last week. It was just although they actually got a touchdown that drive, didn't they? Yeah. Well it was um it was a gaming headset as well. Don't know if you know that, but it's the same one he uses for his Xbox, no lie. So it's oh, really man. really ironic that they let him wear that. Um and yeah, the week before he had two drives with no offensive yards, play, play, <laughs> calling plays. Then the week after, Cliff Kingsbury had five punts in a row, and then Kyler comes down and scores a touchdown when he calls the plays. So it's an absolute disaster, I think. But what are your thoughts on, I guess, He's, Kyler? Uh, Kyler, the man, has had such a strange offseason. I feel like less... Obviously, you know, like when you're an NFL fan, you kind of... You don't just root for your team. Especially, I think, UK fans, because we just kind of... Maybe not, you can't always just watch your own team if you don't have Game Pass or you just watch Sky. So you kind of enjoy all the quarterbacks like you enjoy Mahomes and Josh Allen and Herbert. And I don't know, mate, Kyler Murray is <laughs> he's not one that you root for, is he? As, a, as kind of a neutral fan, like he's exciting to watch, but the personality wise, which we all kind of get into and He's just his off season's just been woeful for kind of his PR, hasn't it? I mean, he got listen at the end of the day, he got his deal, but so he'll be happy with that. But for kind of his personal PR and his personal brand, he, he's not in a great off season, has he? I think I read like he obviously all the language in that contract that they ended up taking out about his study time and things like <laughs> that is because he plays a lot of Call of Duty, apparently, at home or something. I just find it absolutely ridiculous, to be honest with you. Yeah, and the funniest part, there's so many funniest parts, actually. We could probably do an hour on Kyler Murray, but um, Hollywood Brown is an incredibly like well-known um, streamer for gaming. Right, that's his okay. close friend, and they've decided to add someone else who literally almost streams as like his second job, and they've added him to a team with Kyler Murray, uh, and they used to play, they play all the time together. Uh, and I don't know if you've seen it, there's this weird graph that 
Um, every weekend when Call of Duty does double points for their XP, Pilot <laughs> Murray's stats are absolutely horrendous. And yes, I have don't. seen that. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Kyler Murray. I've always thought he's good, but, like very good. But I thought he was slightly overrated last year. And I, uh, I've seen a couple of people that have um, been ranking QBs in the last month or so, and they put him outside their top 10. And I don't know where I see with that, but yeah, I'm definitely nowhere near top seven, eight on it. Um, and I think it's a, it's a pretty important year for him. Obviously, he got paid now, isn't he? Which is important for the team, but um, we'll, we'll see how he does. But uh, yeah, I, I, he'll either come out absolute gangbusters or I think he's going to struggle. It seems to be one or the other, doesn't it, for this team and for, for him and Cliff together, I think. Yeah, for sure. Very, yeah, very interesting team. Interesting opening game, by the way, at, uh, at home against the Chiefs. Half past nine. Big no. possibility of being on Sky. That should be very interesting. We can clip this uh, if it doesn't happen, but I have a weird feeling the Chiefs could win by 20, 20 plus in that game. Oh, baby. <laughs> I have a very bad feeling about that Cardinals defence. And obviously, you've got a play caller who's known for absolute coming out on top and then at the start of the season. And then another team that have been arguing all off-season. I could be wrong, but uh, we'll see what they add. There's always going to be good players cut. Um, Veteran players cut from teams in the next week or so, uh, so they might be able to add some uh, some good veterans. We'll see. Uh, let's move over to the team that I thought finished second in the division when we started this, uh, the 49ers. Um, I believe they are second favourites this year for the division in the betting. Um, yeah, another slightly strange, slightly strange team in terms of they spent good money on some veteran players. They let a few guys go, and obviously they've got the the issue at quarterback that we'll talk about. But um, yeah, in terms of players, they've. Uh, players they've lost. They lost uh, Tomlinson, who went to the Jets. I thought he was a very, very good player for them last year at guard. Um, they lost them the backup O-line in Tom Compton as well. Uh, and then they lost four players <laughs> to the Dolphins. Uh, Mike McDaniel decided to take his players with him, including uh, Mostert, who's uh, a pretty good running back when he wants to be for them. Um, in terms of uh, people they've added, they've added Javaris Ward from the Chiefs, who's injured already. Um Tayshawn Gibson as well, who actually played really well last year in a pretty poor defense. Um, they've added Ray Ray McLeod, who's a very, very good returner from the Steelers, um, but not a lot else in terms of free agents. In terms of the draft, they added uh, Drake Jackson, who is, I really, really liked him in the second round. He's like he's designated linebacker, but he's more of a pass rusher. Um, Davis Price in the third round, so Kyle Shanahan gets another running back that he can just keep churning him out. Uh, and then Danny Gray, who's a speed wide receiver in the third round. So, um, yeah, lost some good players, especially on the offensive line, um, but added some depth on defense, which I think was probably needed, and then had a pretty good draft. Um, but we'll see. They love these. Uh, they love these running backs. What are your kind of first thoughts? Um, we'll, we'll ignore the QB for now, but in terms of the, the off season, what they've gained and lost, do you think they've gotten better or worse, or is the roster just similar and just restructured in a different way now? Yeah, feels to me very, very similar. Obviously, Lake and Tomlinson. That's a that's a big loss, but. I was surprised. I don't remember kind of this happening at the time, but this is has to be the biggest turnover of like kind of depth in the roster. I think that, that we've done so far. They signed so many free agents and let so many go, but not that many were actually starters. So it's kind of like they're just retooling the yeah. depth chart sort of thing because I don't think they've added that many start actual starting players across the board, and neither they've. Kind of lost that many. Take a look at like Tomlinson and uh, Jacquees Tart. They've lost those. Those were starters. But apart from that, it's just more of a retooling, isn't it? To uh, to go again. Very interesting off season because they've definitely not added anyone of note, have they? To be a starter. I think Ward maybe. Yes, because, Ward. Yeah, because he will be their corner one, and he will start, and he will go man to man against receivers um but yeah i wasn't his biggest fan to be honest but uh he was very good for how much he got paid but obviously now he's getting paid absolute loads <laughs> so i think someone's value when they're getting paid 1.2 million a year versus when they're getting paid 10 million a year is a little bit different isn't it but yeah i'd say aside from that they haven't really it's all just depth pieces they've added um but i think the defense was probably one of the most talented units in the league before uh and i don't know how you feel about him but i actually think that drake jackson pick is very very good and i think he could come in and just be another pass rusher on third down you know they all seem to have people that don't start that end up still getting seven eight sacks and i think if you look at their backup pass rushers they're better than some team starters <laughs> uh so i think that the defense again for me especially that you add a number one corner uh 
even if you don't love him, I think he's at least league average. Uh, I think the defense is one of the best units in the NFC, I think. Yeah, I would agree with you. I'm not sure if you've seen this, but have you seen uh, Javon Kinlaw this offseason? He looks yeah, absolutely... He should not be that big and that ripped. <laughs> he's like 330 pounds or something. He looks absolutely shredded. He's like Aaron Donald level, maybe even more than kind of Aaron Donald uh, level shredded. He looks an absolute menace. Yeah, I do. Re- I do really like the offensive, uh, defensive line. Sorry, in the 49ers and then kind of the depth that they've got in the linebackers behind that. I, I do think that there's a uh, question about secondary, but um, yeah, Sam Womack actually is may may start for them from Toledo. He's looks like he's had a good camp in preseason. So as much as I despise talking about preseason. <laughs> it looks like he's had a good one. So, yeah, that could be an interesting pick up there because he was in fifth round. So it's it's not too often you get like an elite defence that's going to have a fifth round draft pick starting, isn't it, straight away? No, and they played two later round picks last year as well with Ambry, Thomas and uh, Lenoir as well. They were like day, I don't know if they were both day three, but I think obviously Lenoir was at least day three. So, they, yeah, they seem to, to be going younger in the secondary and kind of trusting that a little bit more. Um but yeah, I can't say I've seen much of him. Uh, so now you're talking about preseason, and this week you also tweeted about preseason. So I think times are changing. You're getting excited for football. We can all, we can all see it. Um, but yeah, like I said, elite defense. Nick Bosa. I hope he stays healthy for a full season um, because their line is just incredible. They're going to get a lot of sacks, and obviously Fred Warner is probably the best linebacker in the sport. So um, not a bad defense at all. Moving over to the offense. Um, first of all, so Debo Samuel did get paid. Uh, there are incentives in his contract now for running the ball. So I do wonder, are they going to run him more? Or are they going to run him less? I think probably probably run him less at the end of the year with the injuries, but they still might run him more than they did at the start of the season because the first 10 games last year, he was very much just wide receiver one with no kind of rushes. Um, so I think maybe they're going to settle in the middle ground. But the main story on offense is obviously the quarterback. Um, friend of the podcast, Trey Lance, what are your thoughts on uh on him this year, do, do we know anything to really give any judgment or, or not? <laughs> no, I don't think so, to be honest with you. He played okay in his kind of time last year, didn't he? But for me, it's, it's crazy really because it's obviously they got to the NFC Championship game, consider himself unlucky maybe that he didn't get to the Super Bowl. They had the ball to drive with at the end, didn't they, to kind of get in position, but they did absolutely zero with it, if you remember that drive, but it was one of the worst that you could ever have in that situation. I know the Rams kind of had an elite pass rush at that point, but it was, yeah, it was not good. But I, I really don't know what to expect from from Lance, to be honest with you, especially with um, McDaniels going across to the Dolphins. It's, it's crazy, mate, because I don't know. I feel like this team should be in the Super Bowl, but I can say that with kind of Trey Lance, a quarterback, we, we don't really know a lot about at the professional level, do we? No, I think that's the problem. You, you just don't know what you're going to get with him. Um, do you think they're going to run the ball more or less this year? Because obviously he's going to run the ball more than Jimmy. Um, but do you think the running backs are also going to run the ball more? Um, or are they going to actually throw the ball down the field? Because that's the whole reason they drafted Lance. He's got that big arm. What are your thoughts on yeah, how the offensive you, looked? You've got, to, you've got to throw the ball, haven't you? I think they've got good weapons on the outside. I really like um, Ayuk as well as, obviously, Debo's uh, kind of an elite football player. But, yeah, and I think you've got to kind of trust in what you drafted him for and then see what he's got down the field. Obviously, you've got Kittle, the elite kind of, Catching tight end as well, so you've kind of got you've got the weapons there. You've kind of, you've put this plan in place, haven't you? Yeah, I think you've got to you've got to go through with it. Yeah, I think I agree long term. I do wonder if we'll see them go just crazy heavy, uh, running the football to start the season. Um, see if they can kind of dial up the play action with that big arm, and obviously Trey Lance is going to be able to run on run on option plays, which they've never been able to do with Jimmy. Um, what do you think actually happens there with Jimmy? Do you think they do trade him if someone gets injured? Or I know Zach Wilson got injured and the Jets decided to run with Flacco, which is mind-boggling. But 
do you think they wait for another injury, maybe a more important one, or do they let it ride? And then if they get their own injury, they've got a backup that can help them win the Super Bowl. Because it does seem they're gonna, they're trying to go away from him as much as they can. But it's just unfortunate with his injury, no one wanted to trade for him, and now everyone's kind of got a quarterback in the seat. So it's. A bit I, I can't. You, you can't keep him there because if if Trey kind of struggles through four weeks, then people are going to be saying, oh, you know. Jimmy's got us to the Super Bowl, he's got us to the NFC Championship game, let's get him back in. Mate, that era has to be over now. You gave up so much for Trey Lance and you believe in him. So I would like him to be starting somewhere in the NFL, to be honest with you, but it doesn't seem like it's going to happen, especially for the start of the season now. It doesn't seem like the Seahawks have kind of made a move or anything, have they? So... Obviously, Carolina went Baker, so it's kind of like he's run out of places, really. Maybe it's kind of going to be an injury through the season. Gala gets him on the move. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, I agree. I think that might be the, the only way to do it. Um, I know there's rumours, isn't there, about Cleveland. Um, and I think maybe if they do that, then I think Cleveland Browns have given themselves a chance to make the playoffs just because of how bad. Jacoby is, in my opinion, compared to Jimmy. I think Jimmy's fine. I think he gets a lot of stick. But he was injured last year when he had those awful games. And, and uh, I think on Twitter he gets more stick than he deserves. But then I also think he probably got more credit for the Super Bowl run than, than also maybe he deserves. So I think it's probably one or the other, I think. Um, this running back room is crazy. They're probably going to use everyone. They've got Trey Sermon taking snaps early in preseason and getting rest like he's a starter. And they've got Tyron Davis-Price, who apparently Kyle loves. You've got Elijah Mitchell, who... Hasn't been in the doghouse a bit, apparently, at the start of camp, but had an incredible year last year. So I don't really know. If you're a fantasy football player, um, I don't know what we do with those running back rooms. I don't know if you have a view on it, but for me, I think it just seems like a mismatch. And we'll probably find out in about week five who Kyle now all of a sudden loves and which player Kyle hates. Yeah, I would agree with you. I'm quite sad that I don't think it's going to be Trey Sermon. No, I don't either. Third round pick. That's a shame. I really like him coming out of college, but it's just not happening for him at all, is it? No, yeah, I don't think he's one to, to pick up in any leagues, um, even though I literally drafted him a day ago, so I don't know why I'm saying that, but I don't <laughs> think he is. Um, Brandon Ayuk as well, final kind of piece on the offense is um, I think he's going to fit this offense a lot better. And uh, rumors are, I don't know if he, this is true or not, if I'm making this up, I don't know if he eats with Trey Lance every day, like Cooper Cup and Stafford, but I thought I read that they actually live together. Um, I think I read they live together. So uh, we'll see if the Brandon Ayuk connection with Trey Lance is good because uh, obviously Brandon Ayuk started last season in the doghouse. So we'll see how that works. Um, going to their schedule, like I said, a bit easier than uh, obviously the Rams, but still not the best. Uh, however, week one and two, they go Bears, Seahawks. Is there any better start for um, Trey Lance than those two games? There's no better start in the entire league for any team. I think, you know, we've looked through all the schedules. So. Yeah, there's no better start than those two. Nice to get Lance going, isn't it? It's it's such a cliche, isn't it, that you kind of want a couple of early wins on the board. But it's better seeing the Bears and the Seahawks than it is the Chiefs and the Rams, isn't it, to start the season. So, yeah. I mean, they have to go 2-0. There There is no choice, is there? I've already bet them in week one, if you want to guess what the spread is. The spread, uh, yeah. um, 12.5. It's minus five. What? Yeah, because they're on the road. It's 49ers minus five. In in America, it's minus 6.5. In England, it's still minus five. My God. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. Isn't it? I thought it would be minus nine and a half, maybe. Um, but yeah, crazy. Crazy, that's bad. Uh, cool, let's move over to the Seahawks then. Um, we've gone a bit long. So do we have to? to? Yeah, do a little bit less maybe on uh, on this team, unfortunately. for uh, I know Joe Holbert, shout out, as a friend of the pod. He uh, He's a Seahawks fan, so he won't be happy with us going to go quick. But uh, that's what happens when you rebuild with a 70-year-old coach. We're going to go quick on them. Um, in terms of players they've lost, obviously Russell Wilson is the main guy. Bobby Wagner as well, absolute legend of the team. They've lost him. Gerald Everett, tight end for me, was not very good last year, but I think he can be good if he gets the right opportunity. Carlos Dunlap, another veteran who started near enough all the games and got I think eight sacks last year. He's gone to the Chiefs, so another good player. Uh, but then DJ Reed's gone to the Jets, starting corner. And then Dwayne Brown, starting left tackle, has also gone now to the Jets after the Beckton injury. So they have lost their starting tight end, their starting quarterback, their starting linebacker, their starting left tackle, their starting right defensive end, and their starting cornerback, <laughs> which is not good. Uh, players they've added, Drew Locke, obviously, from 
uh, Denver projected to be QB one or two. Uh, Shelby Harris, they've got no fan in that trade that we spoke about when the trade went down. Uh, and then Nwosu is actually a pretty good player from from the Chargers. Uh, in the draft, they had a Charles Cross, who's had an incredible camp, um, really good preseason as well. They've had a Boya Maffe, who I thought was a first-round player in the second round, who's a pass rusher. Uh, Kenneth Walker, they added him, the running back, which I still think is a bit of an odd trade for a team like this who needs this much help. Uh, and then they added Abraham Lucas, who's a right tackle in the third round, and he's actually been very good in camp as well. So they've, uh, weirdly, I know we're going to slate the roster, but they have potentially drafted starting left and right tackles um, in the same year. Uh, but we know what happens when uh, preseason ends. One of these tackles might get found out, and <laughs> that might not be true. But at the moment, they look like very, very good additions. Um, what are we doing here then with the Seahawks? Because they think they can win. Because it does seem like Gino is probably going to start as well. They think they can win. Pete Carroll wants to run the ball. He wants to play defense. And he's got two, well, one elite receiver who they paid a lot of money to, one really, really good receiver. Uh, and then, like I said, potentially a pretty good tight end and then a decent running back room. So are they trying to win games? Like, are they going to win games? I know they're trying to. Or, or is that kind of an illusion and the defense is just so bad that they're going to struggle to ever win any games because they can't score that many points? Well, this is the problem when you're talking about like strategy. This is like the ultimate kind of bridge season where you haven't got a clue what you're doing at quarterback. But the rest of the roster, it's okay. He's better than I thought it was going to be. You know, before, you know, kind of get an idea in your head over, over like a summer period that you think that this team, certain teams are not going to be good. Look through this roster. It's pretty good offense, pretty good on defense, terrible at quarterback. So you're not going to lose enough games to kind of get one of the elite ones next year, are you? So what the hell is your strategy on that? You've just traded away the best quarterback that you've ever had. That, like no question about it so it's yeah I mean I, I love the Charles Cross pick like you said obviously uh, Abraham Lucas as well so yeah it's weird mate it's they've got good we- they've got pretty good weapons they've got a, an okay defense I really like Jordan Brooks actually kind of the linebacker and the, I like the secondary may I don't know because they've got the worst two kind of starting quarterbacks in the league yeah, they also might, I know we mentioned it earlier, but they might have the worst defensive line as well <laughs> in terms of pure pass rushers. Um, that's not great either. So I do, I think they could have the worst quarterbacks and the worst pass rush in the league, which probably isn't going to go down very well. Um, and it looks like they are going to start Gino. We're looking at a list where Gino's not the starter, but I know, I think they're going to start Gino. I've actually bet on them starting Drew Locke, so maybe I'm kind of emotional hedging there because I'm probably going to lose my bet, but I think Gino's going to start, to be honest. I don't know. It just seems like that way throughout training camp. I know they said Locke had a good week and then he went to play in that game and then he got COVID, which is very true Locke, that he has a good week in training, gets COVID <laughs> and then misses a game. But he's going to play this weekend in preseason game three. Obviously, he could ball out and start, but I don't think it matters who starts. I think maybe if Drew Locke starts, I think DK Metcalf might have a better season because I think Drew Locke will throw the ball down the field or try to. But... I don't know if Pete Carroll's going to want to go Gino for the less probably chance of turnovers, right? Yeah, see if he can keep a game close and pound the ball. And, oh, mate, at some point you have to move on from a legendary 70-year-old head coach, don't you? It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to want to take Bryce Young or whoever. In. And I know you mentioned before they might not be bad enough to pick in the top five, but they are going to have two first-round picks, aren't they, for the next two years, so... They yeah, could do a 49ers. Yeah. They could do that 49ers trade, but obviously, is Pete Carroll going to want to rebuild with a quarterback? He hates turnovers. He literally, him and Russ seem like they really hated each other in the end. Well, not hated, but really disliked each other in the end. And I think turnovers were, were one thing. And I think the fact that Russ couldn't throw it more is probably the other thing. And it just didn't quite work out. But um, yeah, I agree with you. I think the safeties are good. I think the linebacker core is good. I think Adams' trade is terrible, but I still think he's good for his role. Um, but I think, yeah, pass rush interior offensive line and, and quarterback are, are pretty weak but um, yeah I do wonder I, I think we could see a Tyler Lockett trade in mid-season what are your thoughts on that I know they're going to keep DK now because of the contracts but I don't think they're going to want to keep two receivers that are getting fed up that they, they hardly get the ball I think you could force feed DK non-stop and then trade Tyler to a contender and get maybe a second or third round pick back and, and save some money I think yeah if you're going to get a D, if you get a two or most likely a three back for Lockett I think that would be kind of a good return but 
I mean, even sat at 0 and 6, Pete Carroll probably think is, you know, you've got an outside bet for a, a wild card situation. <laughs> so you just never know what's going to happen there, do you? And by the way, I completely forgot that it's Russell Wilson back in Seattle, first game. Exactly what I was going to say now. You mentioned that they could be 0 and 6 or whatever, but um, they start the season at home to Russ as well, which is a bit more exciting than. Uh, than I think if it had been in Denver. Uh, then they have the 49ers, but then they have the Falcons and the Lions. This could be a 3-1 and one football team because we all know they're going to beat Russ in that first game in like a 17-14 to 14 slugfest, I think. <laughs> Mate, that, uh, whatever happens, if, if that happens, Twitter's going to be ugly if the Seahawks beat the Broncos with oh. Russell Wilson. My Twitter's going to be beautiful because I'll just be steaming into the Broncos for an hour after the game, I'm sure. But yeah, if, if we're sat here after week four and I'm telling you the Seahawks are three and one with the Saints and Cardinals to come, who are good teams, very good, but not elite. What are we going to be? Are they going to be this year's Panthers where we could just be sat here being like, do not believe the hype? Or are you confident that they're going to be so bad that even the teams like the Falcons and Lions are going to have a good chance to beat them? Well, for me, if you're, if you're the Falcons and Lions, you should be circling these games for a victory, right? Every time you're rolling out a Drew Lock or a Geno yeah. Smith. As much as I love Geno, I mean, Carlos, to be honest with you, he's just not a starting me, you know, best backup in the league maybe, I think he's going to come and play mistake-free football most of the time, but we can't push the ball down the field or, you know make a quick decision to kind of get you up the field, I just I just don't see this working this season Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, um, even like I said though, the weapons are good, so it's going to be a very strange thing, I just think, just trade for Jimmy and just try and get t- nine wins and get in the playoffs Pete, you, you know you want to, you know you want them nine wins Scrape into the wild card. That's all you. That's all you want, Pete. I think that's all you want. But we'll see. Could be his last season's head coach. And uh, I know uh, last couple of years he's probably maybe outside his welcome. But yeah, still a very very good head coach this time. Uh, let's move on to division predictions. Then um, we'll go one to four first, and then usual number of playoff teams. Uh, I'll check our AFC as we're talking as well to see how many we've already got in the playoffs. Um, but I am going to go with um, the Super Bowl champs winning. The only thing that would change this is if Stafford misses more than like two games so we'll see but at the moment I think Rams are going to win the division what about you yeah I'm gonna I'm, I, I'll stick, cool. with, uh, stick with the Rams you wanted to get that Rams hatred in then and go for the 49ers I, I know exactly what you were uh, yeah. what, you, what you were thinking there we all know your uh, your Rams hatred from last year um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go 49ers in second for me I think they're quite clear they're clear one and two for me uh, even if the Cardinals start better than we think I still think those two teams are too good so I'm going to go 49ers in uh, second yeah for sure I've got to agree with you I think if it wasn't for the uncertainty around Lance's play I would maybe think about them first nice um, and then I'll go Cardinals and obviously Seahawks coming in fourth I assume that's going to be the same for you yeah for sure Nice. And then we've got a number of playoff teams and divisions. So at the moment, you have uh, you have one from the north. You have two from the NFC South, so that's three. Two uh, from and, the east. And you have two from the east, so that's five. So I assume that means you're going to go with the two playoff teams. Yeah, it's got the Rams and Niners, hasn't it? Nice. I actually think I might be stuck. Oh, no, I went two last week, didn't I? So, yeah, we're the same. So... Yeah, I'm going to go two as well. It's going to be Rams and Niners. I don't think the Cards are going to make it this year. And then uh, we'll see what that means for for them this offseason. But um, yeah, it would be nice to not have uh, playoffs with three NFC West teams because it does get a little bit samey. Because I feel like all the NFC West games are also on Sky Sports over here, aren't they? Every year. So uh, I do think we feel like we see a lot of this division personally. Yeah, it's always, of- always good for a 9.30 on Sky. Isn't <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, then you'll see that Rams... That standard Rams 49ers Sunday night football in you. That, that, that's also uh, pretty pretty common. Um, cool. Well, that's the NFC West then. Uh, next podcast, which should be out on Tuesday evening, will be the AFC West, and that will be the end of our division previews. Uh, then hopefully a week from today, we'll have our awards predictions out. Um, and then hopefully we're going to have a guest on the podcast um, for the betting episode, because obviously Patrick is not a better, so we need to get someone else on who's also a degenerate like me. <laughs> Uh, and then we'll be into week one preview after that so um, things are coming thick and fast it's very exciting I can't wait for the season to get here we are two uh, what three days away from that we're going to start hearing about all the players that are getting cut 
so we'll know what these final rosters look like. But yeah, it should, should be good. Uh, remember to go follow us at Go for Two Pod, two being the number two. Um, go follow Patrick at Mugs NFL. I'm sure you can still get your Drew Lock Seattle jumper in time for the season to start. I'm sure <laughs> we can guarantee that's going to happen. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Have you had any Geno Smith or uh, Drew Lock orders ever? By the way, ever. Yeah, oh yeah, I've had Drew Locke. Yeah, yeah. Back, the start, back when I started the brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drew Locke when he was looking okay at one point. <laughs> but not not yet in Seattle colours, I assume. No, no, absolutely not. No. Still time. There's still time. Also, so still we... waiting for my first JJR Sega white side. <laughs> you might have to order that yourself, I think. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Um, cool. But thanks again for listening, guys. We will speak to you soon. Have a nice weekend. Yeah, I'll speak to you soon.